Welcome to Fourth Times the Charm, the only podcast for every week is a brand new concept. I'm your producer, Ben, alongside your director, Matt, and great googly moogly. It's the meaning of life, episode 42, Matt. We made it. Woo! The fact that this episode isn't dedicated directly and exclusively to talking about Douglas Adams is a failure. But you know, Matt, I'm ready. I'm ready to bring life in its own way today because 42 is the meaning of life and it's all about finding out the question well you know matt what i think is amazing is that and something i didn't know is that once you produce 42 episodes of a podcast all of a sudden the meaning of life just pops into your head you just know it all of a sudden oh and so so i feel truly enlightened i i feel like that once you produce 40 episodes of a podcast you get copy and paste emails <laughs> that was so funny, Matt. <laughs> so, Matt, how has your week been? Well, if you uh, if you follow me on Instagram, uh, my personal Instagram at Dr. Gore Wizard, you might have seen that I was down in sunny Southern Florida. Uh, I had a wonderful time because as a educator, I get breaks like spring break, which is nice. So we went down to uh, Southwest Florida near the Naples slash like Fort Myers area. And had a, a generally rambunctious good time. We met some snake poachers. Uh, we stargazed. We went on a boat tour with a uh, airboat that had a very, very offensive but hilarious sticker on the back. Uh, we had a wonderful time at a Cuban restaurant. We went boating. And my dad flipped off a bunch of Trump supporters on a boat, which blew me away. Uh, but generally... I've had a wonderful week, and then the Oscars happened, and we'll get into that. Uh, but Ben, uh, how's your week been? So the only right now, I'm prepping for WrestleMania, which will be in Dallas this weekend. I am forcing my fiance to go with me, and together we will be going through WrestleMania weekend together. Finally, the all the independent wrestling companies have come back and are sucking off the teat of Vince McMahon and siphoning whatever fans they can get for WrestleMania weekend. There is a solid block of pro wrestling shows overlapping each other from Thursday all the way through Sunday. Cannot wait for it. We will be going to Joey Janela's Spring Break Nights 1 and 2. We will be going to My Guilty Pleasure MLW Azteca featuring L.A. Park and Jacob Fatu as well as Microman the wrestler who is the size of a toddler and Wait, is um, it like like is it a kid or is it like an adult who just is really Matt, short i sent you a video of microman while i was blitzed out of my mind well i might on have also a been friday night saturday morning several weeks ago and you never responded and it really upset me i'm going to be honest and i want to air this dirty laundry out oh no on I'm the so pod sorry. here but i i don't know if i've ever had such an enlightening moment than when i saw microman for the first time okay he's literally the size and shape of a two-year-old holy shit like like man just go just go type in microman in google right now go watch go watch his mlw debut on youtube it is a fucking revelation how would you know I'm watching it right now. I'm actively consuming the debut of Microman in MLW. He does a beautiful tilt-a-whirl head scissors. 
I want to see this man wrestle so bad. It's it's pretty amazing. Well, while you're I going see, through I that, I want to see him take a tombstone bow driver. That's not going to happen. From like Kane. Microman doesn't bump. Microman learned from the best. Microman don't bump. All right, I, I respect him even more. Uh, so beyond that, I have been spending the past uh, several days playing with emulators. Oh. One of my favorite video games, well, my absolute favorite game of all time is Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which we've talked about briefly on here. A there great game. is a project that recently did a full and complete port of Ocarina oh. of Time from Nintendo 64 code to PC code. So it's a one-to-one transcription of Ocarina of Time That's from incredible. like a debug European GameCube ROM onto PC. So you can play it at like 60 FPS, 1080p on one of your super big monitors and it looks beautiful. On Does top the, of do that, the graphics scale up or is it just like a very beautiful, crisp experience of the original game? That one. The second one? Yeah, but presumably okay. mods will be made in the future well, of course. so that you can yeah. do wild crap like that. For me, though, what's been more special is I got to live out a childhood dream and play through the beta of Ocarina of Time. Oh, you finally did it? So what happened is that there were two massive Nintendo data leaks several like years recently? ago. And oh, okay. from those... A bunch of very talented modders and hackers and coders put together the Space World 97 experience where it's a it's an approximation, but a very close approximation of the first playable showing of Ocarina of Time to the public, which was a demo held at Nintendo Space World 1997 over a year before the game released. And yeah, man. I was going to say, is is this the version of the game where the world was much more open? So, yes. It, it, it was transitioning away from the oldest version of the game that was being developed okay. for the Nintendo 64 disk drive. Yes. To okay, yes. the regular Nintendo 64. So, you have some maps which have already been scaled down in other maps, which are still their original giant size. They also include for the convenience sake, any other beta maps they found while data mining, they Ooh. included those in a separate menu. So you can explore them at your own leisure. They included a bunch of beta items that you can use, or at least the closest approximations. I would say it's maybe 85 to 90% accurate to what was actually there. And it's extremely faithful all the all the edits they did put in themselves just to make sure everything was working. There's, I believe, one, two, three, four, I think there's five beta dungeons. Oh, that's so cool. From the game in this. And it's... It, it, it's it, I, I really want to break down this in some sort of capacity for a podcast episode, but I don't know really how to in a way that's actually digestible you kind of um, have to just do like a let's talk through and go through the game yeah but even that point. there's there's so many small differences in this game because for me ocarina of time is outside of maybe super mario 64 it is the most transformational 3d game 
of all time. Like it yeah. is the it is the rock in the center of what it, any it action changed. RPG today yeah. comes from. And it changed what's... what gaming could be. Like it it, it created it's like the Beatles, like creating that, like becoming the first real rock stars in I, that I capacity. No, I don't think. I don't think that's true. I think what it is is, it set the groundwork for what a three D game can and should be. And sure. for an example like that, I'll use is that they have a fully playable, which was part of the Space World demo, a fully playable Dodongo's Cavern, which is the second dungeon in the game. Okay. Okay. This dungeon, and, and I mean, it, this is the only one I'll touch on, but if you played Ocarina of Time before, and especially if you love it, there's so many small details in just seeing how, you know, the Fire Temple I was just playing earlier today, see how it evolved from what's just an early version of the finished dungeon in this beta to where it became, you can get a better idea of the thought processes of the developers. And I think the best example of that is the Dodongo's Cavern, which is finished as in all the doors work and everything is functional, but it's still very different from the final product. And there's lots of empty space in this version of the game. And what I think is interesting is with this beta, you can see the developers transitioning from developing in a 2D space to a 3D space. How so? Like, what What are the, what to you, like, are, like, indicators of that? Because in Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, in Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, there's, because it's top down, there are still objects that are only there just to sort of get in your way. There are giant stone blocks that look decorative on a 2D plane, but in three dimensions, it really doesn't make sense why they would be there. You understand? Yeah, like it doesn't fit the an environment that's actually 3D. Right. In the development of Ocarina of Time, in Dodongo's Cavern, for example, you go in, and in front of the boss entrance... There's just, like, three stone pillars just hanging out there for no reason. Do they even, and like, it looks really strange, and there's lots of dead space. Now, if you think about it and you flip it so that you're looking at it from a bird's eye view... It makes total sense. It matches designs from a 2D Zelda game. But in oh. three dimensions, it's boring. Yeah, it, just, it so, doesn't serve a point. It's just, like, random space. Right. And so the final game, and one of the reasons why I think moving from the disk drive to the Nintendo 64 was a godsend to this game, is it forced them to shrink everything down, work it with smaller spaces, and get every bit of use out of every single room they have at their disposal. Well, and it, that, 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 that right there is what makes the Souls game genre and FromSoft so famous today is that every inch of those games is full of detail, just like Ocarina of Time is. Yeah, like, I mean, the dungeon design... There's not design... an inch of space that isn't full. Like, even even a Skyrim has empty space where there's, like, not really a lot going on. I mean, but... in this dev build, there's dead ends. There's just random, oh, yeah. all I have to go through the dungeon a second time again. Pieces of heart you can just pick up over and over again. It's so weird. If anyone has a passing interest in Ocarina of Time, it's easy to set up... 
and it is an absolute 100% must play experience. Um, the, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I mean, it's, it's wild. The one area that's in this dev build of the game that I actually would have liked them to keep in potentially is the lost woods, the beta lost woods. What makes it so different? Well, Matt, if you remember the lost woods in retail Ocarina of time, what happens is you're basically in cubes with exits on each side and you can just choose an exit. And one of them will take you back to the entrance and the right one will take you to the next area in the lost woods. Right. Okay. Which works in its little tiny diorama set pieces. The Beta Lost Woods are actual gigantic woods all on one map. Like, imagine Hyrule Field, except it's a dark, hard to see wooded area. And it connects to, I think, three other Lost Woods maps. And there's different shit in all of them, and it takes forever to get there. And then if you find the one right exit, it takes you to the Sacred Forest Meadow, which takes you to the Forest Temple. Which is, it it makes a lot more sense in the context of the game and how they portray the Lost Woods to do it this way. This is the one area where the regular Nintendo 64 absolutely could not have handled it. Okay. And so... I understand that, why they changed it. Was that mostly due to the capacity size of the cartridge versus the uh, the disc, yes. like what it could hold? Yes. Yeah, it was cartridge size. Okay. So, in in that respect, I can appreciate it. But here we have guys who actually did it. So you know, I sort of get the best of both worlds here. Um, the only other thing, and I'll leave us with this. But fun fact, Matt. Okay. The original concept for ocarina of time was to have what was to be structured similar to super mario 64 where link would be stuck in ganon's castle and he would have to go through paintings to different areas of hyrule now because of a leaked beta video that was shared with a uh with a guy who loosely worked with the ocarina of time team decades ago Okay. Uh, where he developed like a pre-version of portal technology. Um, oh, what? Yeah. People realized that the original version of Ganon's castle or Hyrule castle does end up being used in the final Ocarina of Time game. And do you know what it is used for, Matt? You've played the game. I, I don't. The assets for it are used in the Forest Temple. Oh, cool. Which, if you look at the Forest Temple, and you go in back and you look at it, you... it, it has a very regal, sort of strange, out-of-place aesthetic. Yeah. And if you look at the beta, they have a lot of that same sort of structure that's in the final game. And I oh. feel like you can tell... Like, you, you can tell that you know, this could have been used as a hub world. And that's why Phantom Ganon, his boss room has all the paintings he comes out of. That's a remnant of... Oh, from that original story. Of the original concept, yeah, where Link would go into the paintings. So that's that's your Ocarina of Time news. 
I gotta find a way to do this to figure out like how to go through this together, Matt. Just because I gotta share this, I gotta share this with someone. Like this is this is like my WrestleMania moment. Like oh my god, we gotta cover this. I I 100% agree. Just I I hey Ben, are the are the dango snakes in the uh in in the beta? Say that one more time. The the dogono snakes. The the Dodongo? Sure. Yeah, I was just trying to find a snake reference to transition to the story. Well, they're the they're dinosaurs. They're not snakes. There are well, what, there's no snakes. snakes. There's there, there there's Volvagia, but Volvagia are... is a dragon. There has to be snakes in some regard in Zelda. Not in not not in this game. There's worms oh. in other games. Oh. There's Moldorm in Link's Awakening. Well, shit. Now, now my transition is ruined. Yeah. Now, now you have to come up with the transition. Transition. That was just beautiful. Do you want another one? Maybe hit, hit me with a hit me with a heavier one. Okay. Uh, faster than a sex operation. Matt is transitioning. That was beautiful. So we wanted to talk about another thing that was uh, very interesting. And I want to get Ben's take on this. Last uh, last night, based on when we're recording this, we had the 94th uh, Academy Awards. Now, Ben, did you didn't you didn't necessarily watch the full Academy Awards, did you? No, I watched the only thing that mattered, which was all right. Which was well, Will well, Smith dainty slapping Chris. Yeah, Rock. so this has become a whole huge thing. But before we talk about Will Smith, because that's what everyone's doing, I just want to quickly take a second to talk about Coda. Um, Coda, uh, won best picture and it won a few, it won best supporting actor as well for Troy Coetzer. And it, I believe it won uh, best adapted screenplay as well. Now, uh, Ben, do you know anything about this movie Coda? Sure don't. So, uh, Coda is a, is a fantastically beautiful movie that I want. I, I really want to put a word out for everyone to go see. It's a uh, CODA stands for children of death of deaf adults. And uh, this is a drama story about uh, Amelia Jones, who plays Ruby, whose uh, father, mother and brother are all deaf and she's hearing and she is dealing with the, the struggles of deciding whether to pursue her dream of music or to stay in town and help her family as the only hearing member of the family. Um, now it's, it sounds like a very Oscar Beatty drama movie and it, and to an extent it definitely is. I would definitely not call my favorite movie of last year. Um, I don't, but the story it tells and the way it tells that story with these characters and the amount of reverence and respect the movie gives to the deaf community and like to disa- the disabled community in general, I think is a, uh, really important thing to highlight. And the fact that this movie won Best Picture and it's getting the attention it's getting, um, I think more so than the the story about what happened with Will Smith and Chris Rock, um, Coda is a really important movie. Um, I know, Ben. I know you've had. I, you, I know you've had friends and people in your life who have had like disabilities, and and a lot of the modern American movies, especially those that make it to the Oscars really don't highlight these types of communities and these types of people well um and in the most sincere fashions like as a as a person who is who is not as not part of the deaf community but has spent a lot of time with them 
um, and a person who's who's disabled and who knows quite a few people who are as well. Um, it's truly a beautiful movie that I really think a lot of people should go out of their way to go see. Um, and the performances are just incredible. Um, outside of the slap, the only good part of the Oscars last night was uh, Troy Kutzer's uh, acceptance speech because he realized that they were dubbing his signing over the speakers for everyone in the venue. And so he could talk for as long as they want because they'd have to cut the cut the dialogue being read of his speaking if they wanted to play the music because this is vo- his the person interpreting his signing was coming over the main speakers, not off of the microphone on stage, <laughs> uh, which was hilarious because he 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 went for it. He gave a long fucking speech um, and it was excellent. Um Outside of that, Dune won four awards, and Dune's awesome. Hashtag Hans Zimmer got his first, uh, second Oscar in twenty five years. Um, and yeah. then the rest of the, the rest it of the Oscars wasn't presented on TV at all, was it? So just so they were presented on TV, they were just pre recorded and then edited down to fit onto TV faster. So the difference, those pre recorded ones, which was hugely disrespectful to these categories, and for some reason, score was on the pre show, but like documentary short film and uh and best song were not on the pre-show whatever they what they did on the show bed was they would play the announcement of the nominees and then instantly cut to the acceptance speech so it would be like best makeup and hairstyling the eyes of tammy faye cruella dune house of gucci going to america and your winner is the eyes of tammy faye and then instantly cut to the acceptance speech yeah that sounds about right the other the other real highlight someone's been taking tips from kevin dunn yes um they the uh the producer of the show was being interviewed on the red carpet prior to the event like two hours before it started and he was and he's like don't worry whatever anyone says they won't say this ostrich is going to be boring um and the uh, the funniest fucking thing in the world is the oscars tried to do a like most popular movie of the year i award. saw that that's did hilarious. you see this yes so congrats the, to army of the dead army of the dead and it was just the most asinine thing and that was that was only that was the second Zack snyder moment i don't know if you saw this before but one of the other twitter polls they did was of the most like stand-up ovation moments of the year it opened with the matrix 1999 and then it was a um i think the i think from the jackie robinson movie or no it was like a big singing moment in a movie and then it was two moments from Endgame, and then the best moment the most stand-up clap moment of the year was from the snyder cut of justice league when the flash enters the speed force at the end of the movie which ranked higher than captain america saying avengers assemble at the end of endgame which is one of the most triumphant moment moments in modern film history and like you you could alone you could put whiplash on that list for a better moment than almost all of those especially Zack snyder so the the twitter community decided uh or I, from what i've heard the twitter community is very much on the side of Zack snyder uh, to put him in the number one spot of both of those lists. And you could tell, especially with the most popular movie, the people who are producing the show realize they fucked up. 
because they put it in right after something boring happened directly before a commercial and they blew through it and didn't talk about it afterwards at yeah, all. Yeah, it was like a lower third or something, I think. Yeah, it was just like, it just went through and it was just like, and commercial. And then it came back and something interesting happened. So, okay, I, I want to blow through this because we're probably the least important people on this planet who are going to be talking about Will Smith bitch slapping Chris Rock. Um, oh, God. Okay. Let's so, go. So, I'll I just I just say my thing so I can have it ratified and saved on air. Um, I, I mean, having gotten out of Hollywood myself, I already knew these people were like lizard freaks. I think oh, yeah. the strange thing wasn't the slap. It it wasn't even quite the fact that all of Hollywood acted like nothing happened when he went that's, up for his acceptance speech. I mean, that's pretty brutal. That's disturbing. No, what was disturbing was Will Smith's five-minute promo where he is oh sobbing uncontrollably on stage, equivalizing himself to some sort of deity-like figure. A vessel of love and God. A vessel of love and God who still refuses to apologize. To the guy who, yeah. off screen, was willing to make amends. And he's like, and no, And not press charges. And, and, and decided, because he could have... The LAPD came out and said, if Chris Rock had pressed charges, they would have removed Will Smith from the venue. But, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's that speech that I think really highlights this sort of gap in mindset from people in hollywood and in positions of power and people outside of it and i don't think you ever really see it so crystal clear as in that moment and you know there's a solid number of people out there who are supporting will smith which doesn't surprise me it's it's like if you support will smith it just highlights that you're a dipshit you know yeah it's one of those things where it's like if you watch wwe you're a child or you're stupid yeah. If you support Will Smith, then you're a dipshit. You know, and, and, it, it's and one I, of those I want to, I want to, I want to clarify real quick. There are people that are supporting him because they're saying that he is standing up for his wife, and he's standing up for a black woman, and both of those things are very valid. Yeah, that but the there's fact more that there than are not one often... ways to fucking yes. cut an onion. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to hit, you don't have to assault somebody in a in a true fashion. If he had just yelled. If he had just said something to him, you know, if he hadn't, if he hadn't gone up and physically assaulted him in that capacity and then did all the screaming and then gave a 20 minute rambling speech afterwards, I think things would have been fine. Even if he had just yelled, he still could have given that speech and been okay. But what the fact that he physically assaulted him and people are trying to justify that, that to me is unreasonable. I think it shows, I I, I feel like it's an example of how, as a society, becoming more online inside everyone's everyday lives, I, I feel like it makes everyone more depressed because people realize how much sad, depressing, unfair shit there is in the world. But yeah, also didn't get it before they weren't paying attention. But but also it is a good thing because it highlights how fucked up some people are. And the fact that there's an entire industry that are like, you know what, Will Smith, this right here, this is normal. And it's 
Well, Matt, if if you had watched BoJack Horseman, it felt like a BoJack Horseman skit because they so perfectly describe a situation like that, and it actually happened for real. It, it's yeah. just so truly this astounding. Is, this is... This is something that's been done in satire and then became real. And Ben, you, you talk about you talk about the community, you talk about the Hollywood world, and I think something that's I've only I only really saw covered in a big capacity by two people, which was Max Burns, who's a writer, and Philip DeFranco mentioned this in his video. Is and it's something that I felt was very important. And I, I I wish I had recorded my reaction to this on Instagram because I was talking about this with my wife as we watched it. The fact that the Scientology angle to this whole thing is deeply important. Will Smith and his wife, especially his wife, are incredibly deep. Like Tom Cruise deep into Scientology. Um, Tom Cruise, uh, I mean, Will Smith and Jada, and Jada fund and manage a Scientology school called the, the New, the new the Village. one? Matt. Yes, Jada Pika Smith Smith is the person who was insulted by, who had a joke made about her by, uh, uh, Chris Rock and you is know the, they made a new GI Jane movie. She'd look great in it. She would. Um, and, and I'm not making. I'm not gonna make fun of her for her alopecia. That shit's not cool. But like, it was a fucking joke. Um, and no, but Matt, see, like, but but see that that's the thing. And he Matt. didn't know. He came out and, and said and, he didn't know she had but, alopecia. Okay, he also okay. didn't write the show. Okay. Also, it's it wasn't even really even an insult. And no, and and, and Will Smith was laughing about it at first. That dude yeah. had like a bipolar switch on the spot. And I on top of that, on top of that, I I feel like if you're in that position where you're literally a world leader in terms of pop culture. Yep. You fucking take it on the chin, you thin-skinned bitch. Or you at least just say, like, you could, he could have, like, I support the idea of Will Smith standing up for her after, after no, that joke. No, I disagree. I think he could have. comedy. Yeah, but he could have, like, he could have quipped back. Like, he could have said something like, like, hey, well, hey, like, you're, you're a piece of shit, buddy. And he could have been like, ha ha, blah, blah, blah. But no, he, he fucking took it way too far i don't think a response at all is necessarily the right move but i would have at least understood and respected a little bit more it's something that you mention in passing afterwards anything more than that and you're a dick if he had slapped him after the event i would have been fine with it i mean he still would have been a dick but it yeah, would have still been, been better. A piece of shit, but it wouldn't have. It would have been better. It would have been a lot better. And like, and I get, eh. apparently the people that think what he did was okay, maybe you can agree to the fact you can bring yourself to the point where you agree to the fact that doing it on national TV in the middle of an award show and fucking just wrecking the vibe of the show and then following it up with that speech is not cool, and it's creepy looking at that crowd giving him a standing ovation afterwards. And I just want just to quickly touch back on the Scientology thing because I will rail against this cult for the end of my days. Um, in Scientology, uh, and Tom Cruise has Tom Cruise does a version of this. They have this like rhetoric of like direct response, 
And and in, in one of the courses for Scientology, they teach you to unapologetically use slaps and physical force to let fellow Scientologists and non-Scientologists know they've done something wrong. It is an active part of the Dianetics curriculum and what they teach in Scientology. They also teach you to verbally berate people openly and honestly so that they understand what you need and want, which is the is one of the main reasons behind all of the clips of Tom Cruise shrieking at people on movie sets. And those are either other Scientologist members that are part of the crew or just random people who don't know that you're a fucking psychopath who believes in Xenu. It makes no sense. It, I mean, it makes sense actually cuz they're it's it's a cult and it's crazy and these kind of practices are great at indoctrinating people to your actions because they slap you if you start to falter on the religion and it's absolutely insane and like it's i do not understand the amount of the amount of way people are accepting this and I, i feel like it's very important to come out and talk about it and make the case clear that this is not cool this should not be accepted it doesn't matter who did it and this is not the first time people have tried to get attacked at the Oscars, but it's the first time it's happened and everyone just kind of laughed it off and let the clout and celebrity of an individual push them away from doing anything about it. And frankly, it may be deeper connection to the Scientology because the amount of Scientologists that might have been in that room. I don't, I don't know, sad, but it might play an impact. What's truly sad about the concept that our world is run by lizard people who are pretending to be people in the same vein as they live or whatever thousands of conspiracy theories. The sad thing is that all those people act that way and they're just human. That is the truly scary thing. And what's even scarier, Matt, is we've already lost the war against Scientology. Like we joke about it, but the fact that there's a Scientology channel, like at the moment that on direct TV meant we had lost. Ben, I I watched a science I watched the Scientology Network for several hours in Florida and Wisconsin because it was available and free on direct TV. I watched a documentary that talked about how psychology wasn't real and how it was used to start the Holocaust, and that the and that psychologists and psychology is to blame as a major part of the Holocaust happening. This was on direct TV. Why wasn't that playing when I was watching the Scientology channel? Because you guys guys were there when the good good programming was on. We didn't watch nearly enough of it. Everyone was like, oh, one bad thing's on. It's kind of boring. No, you got to commit. You need hours of content to get into the real depths of the insanity. Sound like a true Scientologist, man. No, I'm the type of person who will encourage you to dive into these insane things with a level of dedication that allows you to get into the headspace of the people there because that's when you realize how fucking terrifying it is. That's when you see the lizard people for for the humans they actually are. And it it's genuinely terrifying that they commit to this kind of activity, but it requires you to pay attention. They make it intentionally esoteric, so it's difficult for everyone to really see how fucking scary it is. <coughs> that's every cult it is an aspect of culthood that allows you to keep normal people away from overanalyzing your group and no one has done it better than scientology and they realized how much how important it is to make it about money they learned a lot from the mormon church and what they've done with salt lake city in utah and about the way they've recognized and controlled that church since then it is an incredibly powerful incredibly dangerous tool and I think it's important for people to take the time to dive into it. And, and I, you made a 
beautiful point when you said the lizard people are actually just human and they're and they're worse human the, the capacity humans have to enter into that mindset and act like that is beyond what i think most people are comfortable dealing with and last night at the oscars was a great example of the influence and control some of these people have and it's if, horrifying if there's one takeaway i wish people would have from the oscars it it's that you watch will smith's actions and his speech and if you don't need a bigger point to prove that you do not need to be worldly famous in order to have like a good and successful life then i don't know but it's like that is a man who is deeply deeply troubled and it's shit like that that makes me very thankful for the life i have yes that i don't have to work with people like that and that i'm actually like you got out well not even that but just that like my life in general is not fucked up like that is because that's some fucked up shit there's some deep trauma going on and there's like there's a whole narrative about the fact that part of the reason will smith might have been so aggressive is because jada pinkman was like openly cheating on him in the past and he in his book talks about how he has a lot of anxiety about people viewing him as weak and soft because you know like he was like the hip clean you know rapper and comedian in er- in the early days and got like a ton of shit talk and how he wanted to be like treated and respected like the like like, like he was like a strong confident like intense person it's wild it is absolutely wild well so, you know what on Matt? one last on one last note ben what are your wrestlemania predictions uh i think the show is going to be okay marginally better than people expect Roman wins, to be LOL. Bianca's going to win. Ronda Rousey's going to win. Um, I don't think any of the other matches matter. Cody Rhodes will probably win. Um, Do you think he's going to crush him? No. Well. Like, is it going to be like a, a competitive match or a squash? I think it'll be like 10 minutes, like 10 or 12 minutes. So, like, TV dynamite level match. And you're saying, and Roman's gonna win and walk away with both titles and unify them. Yeah, yeah, and uh, nothing else matters. So hey, RK RK Bros the champions they matter. Yeah, Edge nothing else AJ matters. Style are having a match that no one mad, no one cares about. Johnny they Knoxville's took away be Edge's there. theme. Uh, do do we just want to run through the matches? Yeah, I, I I think I think this is a nice breath of fresh air <sighs> before right. we move into our cleaner headspace all right all and, right and, and, and if the scientologists come after us well they gonna listen to this wrestlemania saturday night one the new day will face sheamus and ridge holland and probably beat them uh not biggie though because his because, neck's gone yeah and ridge holland was rewarded for breaking biggie's neck by being in a match well uh, Pete Dunn, now known as Butch, can sit at ringside. Butch! Drew McIntyre faces Happy Corbin, who's been undefeated in a year and a half, and will probably beat him. The Mysterios will face and probably beat The Miz and Logan Paul. Yeah, I want Logan to one SmackDown punch tag out. titles, I'm expecting The Usos to lose to Shinsuke Nakamura and his bard Rick Boogs. Uh, Seth freaking Rollins will face Cody Rhodes and he'll lose. 
Yeah, yes he will. SmackDown Women's Championship, I am assuming that Ronda Rousey will dethrone Charlotte Flair. And I think that for the Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair will beat Becky Lynch. And in the main event of WrestleMania, for the first time ever, will be a talking segment between Kevin mm -hmm. Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin. What the fuck is that going to be? Apparently, it's going to be a match, but just without a referee. That's it's how gonna, it's... It's just going to be a beatdown. I, I, but, like, prolonged to the point where, like, it's essentially a match. What the fuck? That, that's how it's been presented. On night terrible. two, I think retired NFL star and current WWE commentator Pat McAfee will defeat the up-and-coming Austin Theory. Wow. Bobby Lashley just made his return, and he will defeat Omos. Sami Zayn will face Johnny Knoxville in an Anything Goes match, and I'm presuming this will be the one celebrity match where the celebrity wins. Well, I guess Pat McAfee, too. I don't know. That, that one could go either way. I'll go yeah, with Sami Zayn with winning. Just because that one. I like Sami Zayn. Uh, raw, ta raw tag titles. RK Bro defends against the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. Uh, I'll go with Street Profits on this. Damn. I'm full in an RK Bro. Sudden Death. Fatal 4-Way Women's Tag Team Championship match. Carmella and Queen Zelina defend against Sasha Banks and Naomi. Sasha Banks, remember, going into the show like 0-7 at Mania, I think. Incredible facing Liv Morgan and uh, Rhea Ripley Natalia. and Natalia and Shayna Baszler. I'm going to give this one to Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan because I want to see Sasha Banks's losing streak continue. I'm into it. I like Liv Morgan as well. So Edge will face AJ Styles. I think this is going to be AJ's like signature WrestleMania win. God, I can't imagine that match not being like they're both great. But I, I, like, I care so little about it. Okay, I'll be honest. Edge's heel turn recently sucked, and he feels like a diet Seth Rollins, which is hilarious to me. Uh, and his new theme song isn't as good as his old one. I can see and that. And in the main event, I think Roman Reigns will unify the titles, defeating Brock Lesnar. And then we will get rid of the 50-year lineage of the WWE Championship and replace it with the five-year lineage of the Universal Championship just so Roman's wow. reign can keep going longer. That's my how, prediction. How long do you think he's going to have it? I think he's going to hold it till uh, Mania next year. And then who's going to take Pass, it? No, I think he'll hold it to SummerSlam 2023. Okay. And who do you think is going to take it from yeah. there? Um, do we know yet? Is it Cody Rhodes? I, I don't think we know yet. It's Cody Rhodes. No, I think he'll be like Gable Stevenson, the alleged oh, rapist, yeah. or Braun Breaker. Ugh. Maybe. Uh, but maybe he'll lose it and regain it in the interim. Who knows? Who's to say? I hope so. But Matt, that's a lot of stress. We've yeah, been talking for intense. too long. Welcome to our main segment today, everyone, where it is titled Mind Over Matter. Oh. So, most of the time, we like to have our shows be posted on Thursday. But, because of the subject matter of today's episode, I wanted to post it on Friday. Because I felt like people could go into the weekend feeling a little more relaxed, a little more loosey-goosey, Matt. And uh, I think this is going to be a lot of fun for us. So, what I've done today, because, Matt, I know you're a very mindful person and I'm trying to be more mindful, 
is okay. I've gone online. I've searched the best ways of meditation. And okay. I feel like everyone here can join us as we go through a mindful meditation session together. And we can all walk through it together. How, wow. How's that sound, Matt? It sounds, it sounds important. Uh, I'm a big proponent of meditation on clearing the mind and allowing yourself to focus. One of the things we always talk about is not just about mindfulness, it's about mindfulness. Giving yourself some time to really clear your mind and follow through with the deeply important aspects of meditation will help you understand what, what, what's important in the world. That's right. So Matt, I've sent you the video. I know you got it up already. Yeah. Oh, you and know, uh, what's going to happen is we're going to follow the instructions on the video and then everyone listening in just sort of key off us, you know, we'll, we'll explain yeah. things as they need to be explained yep. and um, we'll go through this together. So I think this will be a great fun exercise for us. All right. You ready, Matt? I am prepared. All right. Okay. We're going to start in three two, one, play. Okay, I'm ready. All right, all right, Matt, we're gonna breathe in, in three, two, one.
clearing my mind. I am clearing my mind. I am the breath that I am. Yeah, give it to them, give it to them. Yeah. <laughs> give me the love.
What, what? I'm gonna give it to you.
just stick that chakra right there. Shaka Khan.
Alright, Ben, remember, connect with the chakras inside of you and let yourself open up. I don't want a shock of your kind.
get your chakra.
baby it's a wild world Wow, Ben, that was enlightening. 
How do you how do you how do you feel? Wasn't that relaxing? I I mean I feel more Ooh. alive. I you feel know. like I've just let everything go. You know, I just had I my mind was like up here and now. Yeah. It's like in your. It's you like, know. You know. Like, like they said, there, there was a quote they, they referenced during the uh, the video, if you were watching along, that said, uh, Will you with me tomorrow be content, faithfully to receive the blessed sacrament, upon this oath that I shall hear thee you give, for me, nay gold, nay silver, as long as you live, neither for love you bear towards your kin, nor yet to grow great man prefer it to win that you disclose the secret that i shall you teach neither by writing nor by swift speech but only to him which you be sure hath ever searched after the secrets of nature to him you may reveal the secrets of this art under the converging of philosophies before the world ye depart does that resonate with you, Ben? It didn't resonate with me, but the dog outside who just started yammering as loud as he can, he loved it. So thank you for that. Thank you for that, Matt. You're welcome. You're and welcome hey, to everyone, all of our fans out there. Thank you for joining us here. I feel like today we shared our emotions. We expressed the meaning of life throughout this episode. And if you didn't find it, you got to listen again. If you want to be our biggest fan like Brennan, use the code MeditationNation and message that to us on Instagram. And keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Ow! God damn! Fourth time's a charm! Fourth time's a charm! Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night.